Welcome to the Whole Life Healing Podcast with Dr. Alexander Lloyd, best-selling author and founder of the Revolutionary Healing Codes Technique. Each week, Dr. Alex shares principles and methods from psychology, energy medicine, natural medicine, and spirituality to help you reduce stress, heal emotional and physical issues, and remove the barriers that hold you back from happiness and success. Join us as we learn to live our happiest, healthiest, and most successful lives. Here's Dr. Alex. Hi, Dr. Alex here. If you like the show today, or any day, I would love it if you took about 10 seconds to go to iTunes and leave a review for the show. I've been doing this for about 14 years now, and I spend hundreds of hours every year in preparation and recording the show. And if you like it, if it's worth your time, if you think it might benefit others, I would love it if you could leave a review to recommend to your friends or just recommend it to your friends that could benefit from listening to the show. Thank you so very much. Since we are going to be talking about issues of health and well-being, we wanted to make sure that you understand that this information is not intended to cure or heal anything. Everything in the presentations is the opinion of Alex Lloyd. You should always check with a licensed healthcare provider about any specific health concern you may have. Hi, I'm Dr. Alex Lloyd, and welcome to The New Jesus. I think I've got a great treat for you this week. Uh, I have a guest, and I've done that before, and I hope to do it again. And I don't have a guest unless I feel like it's really going to be impactful. I know there's lots of podcasts and things out there where, you know, it's every time it's a guest interview, and I, I like a lot of those. But uh, I'm not doing that. I, I only have a guest if I feel like it's going to be really impactful. And I've been wanting to do this one uh, really since I started New Jesus a year and a half ago. And uh, you've heard me tell this story, okay? And, it, and this story impacted me personally so much, more than any other story I've ever heard that's not in the Bible itself, okay? And today, I have the gentleman who lived that story, who told me about it in, in his life, and then I shared it with you, but you're going to get to hear it from him today, all right? So we've been talking about what, what doesn't matter and what really does matter. And as Christians, as followers of Jesus, are we really prioritizing in our life what scripture says to prioritize? Or are we prioritizing money and fame and power and uh, getting through the day? Uh, that's not where we're supposed to be focused. And a couple of weeks ago, we shared the passage about never, never lose your spiritual fervor. Never lose your zeal. Okay? Well, look up those two words and see if they describe you uh, as how you feel about Jesus, how you feel about the kingdom, how you feel about your brothers and sisters. Is that zeal and fervor? Or is it, eh, okay, time to go to church. Okay, yeah, let's pray before the meal. Um, you know, but it's really not on the front burner of our life and mind and heart day in, 
day out, which is, I think, clearly where Scripture indicates it should be, okay? So um, we're going to talk about that some today and about how this story is, is, to me, more than a story. It sort of sums up the New Covenant in one real life circumstance and experience. And, and I think when you can do something like that, you know, you've heard of pictures worth a thousand words, and, and we've talked about how all data is encoded with our five senses. It doesn't matter if you smell it. Your brain turns it into an image, and that's how it's encoded and recalled, in the form of an image, even sounds, smells, touch, taste, taste, touch, all of it is encoded as, and recalled as images. Well, a story's an image, right? That's a movie. That's a, you know, just because it's in our head doesn't mean it's not a movie or a film or a video. It is. That's the original, right? Okay. Well, I think you're going to hear a story today that if you will allow your heart to be open and mine, it will change you too as it did me and, and many others that I've shared it with. And we're going to talk about a couple of aspects that I believe come out of that story that are things we've been talking about the last several weeks. Okay? Um, I've known Todd Bell my whole... Uh, uh, when did we meet? Uh, we went to the same high school, uh, you, uh, same church camp. Yeah. Did y'all... Did y'all went to Weeby. Yeah, yeah, and and uh, we worked together at the same church for a while. Uh, Would have been 83, 84. Yeah, yeah, we, we literally worked together. He was in full-time ministry for a number of years. I was in full-time ministry for a number of years, but we had known each other way before that at school and, and different situations like that. Um, Todd has always been an outlier. You know the bell curve, right? He's always been an outlier. And, and that's, a, that's a place that I've connected to him because I know I'm an outlier and in some really negative ways that I have to be careful about uh, or I end up hurting people around me, okay? Now, I believe God made me that way and I believe God wants to use that in, in some ways and I hope he's being able to Todd is also an outlier, in my opinion. Um, if if 80% of people are pretty much the same as far as their thoughts and emotions and feelings and beliefs and actions and stuff like that, I believe he and I both would be in the 20% or 10% that maybe look at that a little differently, okay? And that can be a negative or a positive, okay? I believe if, you, if it's in God's hands, it's always a positive. If Satan gets hold of it, it can be a big negative. And I've experienced that some in my life when Satan has got hold of me, okay? Um, but Todd, um, the, only, the only way I know how to put it is you can bring up any subject, and I've actually done this without telling him, you, you can bring up almost any subject, 
And before you're finished talking about it, he will say something about it that you have never thought about. And I just love that. Now, some people don't. Some people, that scares them, okay? I love that, okay? And, and, I, and I think that way sometimes, but probably not as much as Todd does, in, in my opinion, okay? One really interesting thing, and then I'll bring him up. Um, We've known each other all our lives. We're both in ministry, whatever. Uh, I did youth ministry for years and felt like I was doing it for the wrong reasons and really shouldn't have been doing it in some, to, in some ways because I don't think I was doing it for the wrong reasons. I think I did it for, at first because it was easy for me as opposed to doing something harder that was academically oriented because I had such a hard time in school with academics. Okay, um, so that was that was a, a thing to me. Okay, um, I came back to Nashville. I, I was living in another city where I was a full-time youth minister, and I called Todd on the phone. I hadn't talked to him in years, and I came back to apologize to him. Okay, and I met him at the church where he was working. He was very gracious, and I came into his office, and I said, Todd, I just need to apologize. When we worked together in youth ministry before, I believe I was doing it for the wrong reasons, and I believe I did not do a very good job, and it may have even had a negative impact on you, and I just wanted to say I'm sorry and apologize and ask you to please forgive me, and, and very graciously he did. And then the next thing he said was, you know, it's real interesting, Alex, that you came and told me this now because tonight I'm going to be fired. And I'm sitting here like, what? You're going to be fired tonight? And he shared with me that that through prayer and, and, and study and scripture reading and the leading and guiding of the Holy Spirit, that God had put on his mind and heart to do ministry a certain way. And it was a way that was extremely effective with the people, but the elders didn't like it. Okay? I thought it was too liberal, too out there, too, I, I believe he can clarify this when he comes up. But here's what I so respected. Todd would not change what God had told him to do for what men were telling him to do. He was sticking with what God told him to do, even to the point of knowing they would fire him if he would, if he did, and they wouldn't fire him if he would stop. He chose to be fired and do what he believed God was leading him to do rather than keep his cushy job but teach something that he believed was at least not at that time what he felt like he should be teaching and doing with the people in his ministry. And guess what? I contacted him and they did fire him that night. And um, 
I believe it was part of God's plan um, and, and for the best for probably everyone concerned. Um, but anyway, that's the kind of man he is. Um, he, he gets leading and guiding from the Holy Spirit, I believe, in a much clearer way than most people. That's number one. But number two, and I know a lot of people in the number one camp, including me sometimes, but the number two, he actually does it. And that does not always happen with me, with almost everyone I know, my clients, etc. It does happen with Todd Bell and has as long as I've known him, okay? Um, so uh, I'm thrilled that he could be here today and we finally get to hear this story from the person that lived it. And uh, I can't wait to hear it again. It changed my life so much the first time. And I'm so excited that you will get to hear it now. And after he tells that, we'll, we'll go maybe one or two other places and then um, wrap it up. And, and, and this is so long because this is really special to me. Okay? Uh, so, Todd, come on up. And Todd is a real short guy. So, you know, you'll have to forgive him for that. He's a, I'm yeah. kidding. So, have a seat. Have a seat. <clears throat> okay. Um, I'll never forget when you told me that. And I think it was uh, eight, ten years ago. And uh, we'd known each other most of our lives, but I hadn't been around you a lot at that time. And we were sort of catching up and all that sort of thing. And you were telling me some of your journey, especially after you got fired that night, yeah. because it, I hadn't seen you much after that. And, um, and then you shared this with me. And I mean, when you finished this story, I'll, I couldn't even think straight. It was so impactful to me. I'd never heard really the gospel put into a small cell story like that, that, that had so much power to me. And, and I'll tell you this too. I shared this with a preacher, this story, and he was, he was uh, preaching in Florida mm -hmm. and it was to a promise keepers type group. There were thousands of, of men there. Okay. And this, and that story is how he ended his sermon. And it was the point of the whole sermon. And when he told this story, hundreds, maybe, he, he didn't know, maybe thousands of men came forward right then and there. And it was that story that touched their heart that got them moving forward. And, and a lot of these men were addicts. Yeah. And after that, the, what I heard is that a lot of those men were able to break through on these addictions that they had never been able to break through, and that it had that kind of power to them. Yeah. So um, correct anything I said wrong, <laughs> and then can you share with uh, with my people yeah. um, that story, please? Well, thank you, first of all, for inviting me to be here, because it's a big honor to be invited to address anybody's tribe you know yeah invited into that so that's a real honor and blessing and second of all thank you for the introduction i actually did not remember that uh, uh weaving together of our story i do vaguely remember you coming 
to apologize. Yeah, you were and in. I yeah. do not remember. That's right. And I don't remember that it was the same night because yeah. I knew this was coming. And the reason it was coming is because I was taking young people out on the streets in downtown Nashville. Yeah. And it was upsetting some people, but we were seeing people come to the Lord right out there into the ditches and yeah. gutters of, of the city. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I knew. I knew that the time was coming and it was that night and it surely was. And I remember walking out of that meeting into, and this is a weird part of the timing, into the auditorium. And this was the day that George Bush Sr. announced that we were invading Iraq. That day? In the first. Oh, Gulf my goodness. War. And I remember walking in and they had it up on the screen. The whole congregation is there watching this happen so that we could then go into prayer. And I walked up beside a longtime friend of mine. He's, he's still a, a good friend, a, a brother in the Lord. And I said, well, I'm done. And he said, what do you mean? I said, I'm out of here. <laughs> I mean, he's like, and we both stood there and cried because of what we were seeing on the screen. Yeah. With, we're sending young men into battle, but also something had shifted in our lives together as well. So the timing of all that is so interesting, and I didn't remember that part. And one of the things that impressed me so much, and I told Hope about this as soon as I left that meeting with you, is he knows he's getting fired tonight, but he seems at peace. Mm. Were you? I was. Yeah. I we had just were. had child number two. She was one week old, Madeline. So Hudson we was 17 months old. Madeline was one week old, and I was walking out without a salary or any other type of job or support. support. Had no idea. Yeah. Um, I remember going home, Emily's nursing little Madeline, and I said, well, I'm finished at, at Antioch. And she says, what have you done? I said, <laughs> I have no idea. It was the worst. It's like, I don't know. But got, we, we ended up having a garage sale, sold everything. And while we're sitting there counting the money, we had done it with another couple. We're counting the money. I heard the Holy Spirit said, give them the money. Oh, like, wow. What? Wow. This is our way of paying for the next week of life. I did. We, we gave them all that money. Wow. And it was just... Wait, and God, how old was your youngest? Our, our youngest was one week old. One week. Okay, one go week ahead. God. And it was through that that I was testing. Not, I wasn't consciously testing the Lord. I think God was showing me yeah. what he was like. Yeah. Is that... You know, I sent my, you know, people out all through history without any visible means of support. And I'm a good CEO. I, I'm the CEO of the universe. Yeah. And no one works for me and doesn't get paid. Wow. I will take care of you. Yeah. And I mean, I could tell hours worth of stories to show how that happened. But I just, I did, I felt the leading of God to go out and and restored the image of God in people's lives. You talk about image a lot. You know, I am. Yeah. That term. Yeah. That's God. Yeah. You know, we're the only creature on earth that can define ourselves. I am. Yeah. This. Yeah. Or I am that. I am a teacher. I am a father. Yeah. I am a son. I am a carpenter. Yeah. No other creature does. Frog doesn't know they're it, a frog. Every other creature reacts according to instinct. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a lion, but it doesn't say I'm a lion. It just goes and does what a lion does. That's right. But we can define ourselves. And one of the things that's happening is we've lost the image of God right. in our minds. And you can count every type of human trauma, everything that's going on in life, back to this. That's that, right. That I am 
nature of humanity. That is God himself, yeah. and he reserves that for himself. That is the spirit of God. He never lets that go. And you know what? Nobody's spirit on earth, and this is anybody listening, yours or mine, nobody's spirit on earth wants a different opinion from God. Yes. And when we develop a different yeah. opinion in our mind, our soul, our emotions, that's where all hurt and trauma and awful things happen. My, my favorite preacher's name was Jim Woodruff. And one of the things that he used to say, the height of arrogance is to disagree with God. Mm. If God says something, is, if God says something is this way, yeah. About me, yes. like like I'm saved, or I'm holy, or yeah. I'm righteous, yeah. or I am innocent, or whatever. If God says that, but I feel mm. dirty, sinful, uh, guilty, uh, lost, unforgiven, well, which of those are you going to believe? Mm. Well, if I choose to believe what I'm thinking and feeling, knowing what God says... Jim Woodruff said that is the height of arrogance. If I disagree with God, he's not the one wrong. Mm. I'm the one wrong yeah. 100% of the time. Yeah. So if, if God says something definitively and we disagree with it, we're wrong. Yeah. Well, that is the definition of sin. Sin is to miss the mark. Right. That's right. There's a target. I'm supposed to hit it. How do I hit it? By aiming correctly. How do I... And how do I aim incorrectly? I aid of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Yeah. There's two trees. Yeah. The tree of life was, I will agree with God. And yeah. therefore, peace and everything. I will get to cultivate the earth in the way it's supposed to be cultivated because I'll rule it. Right. But when I begin to disagree with God, everything around me falls to pieces. Right. And so, one of the things that, one of the ways that, God has led me to share the gospel is first of all to, to realize I'm my job number one as a person who's agreed with the redemption of God I agree that what Jesus has done is enough for me that's yeah. all I need yeah I agree with that and that's why harmony and peace and everything rules in my life yeah. not always perfectly because sometimes yeah. you know the static and the trouble because of this because right, of this flesh. yeah and the mind is the trouble in everybody's life. Yeah, that's right. So all what I'm trying to do in my own life is bypass the static in my mind. That's right. And go to, what is the Spirit saying? That's right. And when I share the gospel with people, that's also what I'm trying to do. Right. Bypass the static in the right. mind, the lies that we believe. And the best way I've found to do that is, number one, I'm not introducing them to a doctrine or a teaching, a thought process, anything new to agree with in their long list of things to agree with. Right. I'm introducing them to a person. That's right. And the person That's does right. that work. That's right. And it is amazing to watch him yeah. work. I, all I get to do is just introduce them. It's like when I, if I were telling somebody about Emily, I could give them all, my wife, Emily. Yeah. I could give them all kinds of great things about her. I mean, she's my hero. Mm -hmm. She is. But the best thing to do is, hey, I need you to meet my wife. Yeah. And then they'll be convinced on their own. You know? and, and when they meet her, yeah. they will believe in a way they could not have believed right. just from your word. Right. Well, it's following a pattern. And I, I could talk, again, a long time about this, but I want to stick within the confines of our time today. Is that there, 
was a time when Jesus took 70 of his least close, capable yeah. people. They weren't the 12. They right. were the seven right. knuckleheads. I always call them kind of the keystone cops of the disciples of Jesus. You yeah. know? So, but he's about to go to different cities. And he says, so I want you to proceed me. I want This is what I want you to do. I want you to go out. And he gives them some pointers. But he says, the first thing I want you to do when you walk into a, a, a town is find a home. Yeah. And it, go into that home, and the first thing I want you to do, do you remember this? Yeah, shake your sandals off. Well, no, that's if they reject you. Yeah. But number one, he says, the first thing I want you to say, and this is so vital, is I want you to speak shalom. Yeah, peace. Peace. Say peace to this home. Yeah. Boy, that's God building a bridge. Even with people who rejected him, who are angry at him, who have lost the image. Yeah. The, the I am, the image. Yeah. They were defining themselves something different than what God had made them to be. Right. So in the case of a prostitute, for example, yeah. anyone else, what am I trying to do? I am not there to point out where they're screwing up. And they know that already. They already know yeah. it. So I'm there to speak peace. Yeah. Next thing, eat what's set before you. Yeah. In other words, you develop a relationship. This is the Jesus outline for how to share the gospel. Eat yeah. what's set before you. Share meals with them because you're developing relationship. There's trust. Right. Third, heal the sick. Yeah. In other words, there is a felt need here. They have a real need, which is salvation. Yeah. But they feel a need, which is I'm broke. Right. Or I'm addicted. Or yeah. I'm hurt. Or somebody insulted me. Or I'm offended. Or I'm, you know hurt by racist people, or my kids are screwed up, or whatever. That's the felt need. We know right. what the real need is, but I can't bypass the felt need. That's right. Heal the sick. Yeah. Heal what's sick there. Yeah. Then you share with them. Right. By the way, this is the kingdom of God. Right. And you're welcome to it. Yeah. It's open for you. So, right. And, and I, there's some more background to this, this story of the one that you wanted me to share, but I had been going... To, I, I regularly went to some bars, right. some bars downtown. And this is in Nashville, Tennessee. Nashville, Tennessee. And I would go and I would sit and I would participate. I would drink a beer. I would open my laptop. I would just work a little bit, make friends with people around me, with the servers. And we became very close, uh, very good friends, actually. And <clears throat> so in the process of doing that, I would just strike up conversations. And what was so interesting was... Rather than them being turned off by me expressing care for yeah. them, they it was like they couldn't get enough. Yeah, they would find reasons to come over. Hey, do you need anything? Else? Yeah. Can I can I bring you a water? Can I do this? Yeah. And before long, and this is the truth. I, I was speaking. Fast forward. I was speaking one time in a CEO fellowship with a whole about two three hundred very successful people in business and I'm standing in front of them. The very first thing I said, and I had not planned to do this, but I stood up and I said, you know what? I'm much more comfortable in a bar than I am in a church or in front of a bunch of CEOs. More comfortable in a bar talking with the people that most of us wouldn't want to hang around. That's right. And then I went on with my message. So (laughs) with Jesus. I went on with my message, but I could see something happened because I stood up and I I looked out there and and I could see in their mind, we all do this. What, yeah, what, why is he talking? Yeah. Why do I need to listen to this guy? What has he got to say? 
And I remember when I said that, it was almost like, well, hey, I may give this guy a listen because he just got real honest about something. Yeah, that's right. And I did the message and I finished it. And um, this old gentleman from the back, old, white-headed old guy in his 80s. Now, that's not very old anymore, but it used to be. <laughs> guy walks up, and I had no idea who he was. Walks up, puts his arm around me in front of everybody. And he says... Top doesn't know this, but I've seen him at, and he named the bar, and I sit at the other end of the, the, the room, and I meet with people, you know, during our lunch hour, and he says, he, hadn't, he didn't know this, but I've seen him there with 10, 15 people sitting around talking with him. Wow. People working there, people that he has no idea that I've seen, him, but he said, everything he's just told you is the truth because I've seen it. Wow. Um, um you know, about what a blessing through the floor. Witness. But it was a great test. It was a yeah. great witness. But yeah. It was all to, to, you know, it was all God once again, giving me a little Hershey's kiss and saying, you're on the right track. Right. Things are going, you're, you're on the right track. But when it came to dealing with anybody, whether a prostitute or whatever, my goal was to pierce the glory and find the glory. Yeah. Because the image of God is there. Right. It may be covered up wherever you see the footprint of the devil. Yeah. God's footprint was already there. Yeah. He came afterwards. That's right. God was first. So that's what I'm trying to discover and help them to tap into. And when they do, it's like change. And so with, and I could, I don't want to give her name because she's, I'll tell you why in a minute. We developed a relationship. She kept coming and sitting and talking and we would share and, and lots of weeping. And yes, a, a young daughter and she was, she was, engaged in being a not a street walker mm -hmm. but a high-end yeah so she was serving there and that's this bar and that's yeah. she was serving there at this bar uh, during the day some and then at night she was a high-end escort and uh we as we talked and we shared and we laughed and we told stories and i told her you know this is what I'm like, and you know, I've got family and da da da. But as we as I shared, made peace, spoke yeah. peace, mm -hmm. love, acceptance, ate with her, yeah, shared meals. I helped her get her first apartment in Nashville. Oh wow. Out of my own pocket, not because God had provided that money for me. Yeah. So she knew I cared about her. Yeah. And it, it, as a result, she one day in that place got on her knees down on the floor and gave her life to Christ. Mm -hmm. Now, in the bar. In the bar. Wow. In the bar. That is a great bar. <laughs> <laughs> now, while we're talking, she starts asking a very, per a very tough question. Do I have to give up doing what I'm doing? Well, can, we, can I ask a question before you go there? Yeah. Because when you told me this story, if I'm remembering correctly, you said that you asked her a question. Did you know uh, that yeah. there will not yeah. be anyone in hell because of sin? Yes. Yeah. And it's a frequent question. Right. You told me that. And 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 as soon as those words were out of your mouth, when you told me that. And and of course I'm I'm picturing okay this is being said to a prostitute. Did you know there will not be one person in hell because of sin? Right. And imagining you know trying to empathize, putting myself in her shoes, how would I feel? 
if I heard that comment. And, and, and what you shared with me is that, you know, sometimes you might share that and they might think you're kind of messing with them. He knows I'm a prostitute and he's sort of messing with me. But then over time, they would come to know that was not true. Yeah. So can that you, can, thought can, process insults religious people too. A religious mind. Sense. Yeah. Because we're so conscious of sin and where we screwed up or whatever. But we need to reread re, re what scripture teaches. Yes. Look at, I mean, I dare anybody to read Romans 10 times in an easy to read Bible and come away with a different conclusion than this. That Romans 1, 2, 3, 4, and 5 says sin has been canceled. Completely canceled. Yes. Gone. Swept yes. off the table. The rest of the story. Well, is, hang on, hang on. Um, three or four, it may not be on this board. I'm looking at the board from last week. But on this board, I think on the other side, three or four times in Scripture, it's said about Jesus, he came to take away the sins of the world. Yeah. Now, just think about that as a sentence. Yeah. What does take away mean? Yeah. Yeah. And he's saying he's taking away, not, not just forgiving, mm -hmm. not just making it okay. The word he's changed to taking it Yes. Rather than atone. That's right. That's right. Propitiate means to actually remove the source of the anger. That's right. The That's disagreement right. taken away. Taken away. Like, like, like my Monte Carlo from college. I can remember that Monte Carlo. Yeah. But do I worry, okay, is something, am I going to get sued or is somebody going to get hurt or something going to happen bad to me from that Monte Carlo? No, because, because, I don't own the, I don't have the title anymore. Yeah. Someone else has the title. Yeah. And so I can remember it. Yeah. But as far as a connection to me or any negative repercussions in my life, yeah. it's not even possible. Right. I don't own the title anymore and someone else has responsibility now. Yeah. And that's exactly what Jesus did. Right. He took the title by paying for it. Yeah. He paid for it, it not was, it was, you or me. It was nailed to the cross with him. Yes. And when he went into the grave, it went with him. That's right. So Satan's power was removed. That's right. He was paraded as a defeated foe through the streets of the universe. That's, That's what right. Colossians 2 talks That's about. That's right. Um, so, so go from so there. From right? there, from the Did you know no one will be in hell? Yeah, that, that interrupts and disrupts the lies we've all believed. Yeah. They've been injected into our brains by the enemy of our souls, that God hates you That's because right. you're dirty and filthy and awful and terrible. So when you say, there's not a person that's going to be in hell because of sin, it it's like a it's like a bulb, flash bulb goes on. Yeah, and, and, and when you told me that in my house, mm -hmm. I've been a believer since I was 12. Mm -hmm. But as soon as you said that, it's like everything in my brain started going like this. And it's like, whoa, 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 hold the phone. Wait a minute. Is the, and, yes. and, and I'm not the prostitute. I've yeah. been in a believer all my life. And I'm thinking, is that true? Mm -hmm. I wasn't thinking about, Todd, I wasn't thinking about for the prostitute. Yeah. I was thinking about for me. Yeah, yeah. Right. Go ahead. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord, this is good. So yes, so so again, from that moment, you're you're uh, unveiling the the strategies of the devil. 
Which is and, and, and the and to, the unthinkable plan of God to create a break between man and God Himself. Yeah, and what God has done because a man fell and took us all with Him. Another man had to come. Yeah, who was perfect. Yeah, who would create, rebuild the bridge, yeah. and take away the awful things that stood between us and God. Right, that's been done. It's done. It's done. There is no, uh, and I said it before we started taping, the, the Christian life starts, and I use this phrase a lot too. Christian life starts with a big done. Yes. It's done. Yeah. Not, and, a, and, not a big do. And that includes your works too. Yeah, there's not anything for you to do. Yeah, there's not. I was noticing if you look from Genesis to Revelation, every covenant God made with man, where it was bilateral, meaning you do this, I do this, Every one of those is gone. Yeah. They all fell. That's right. Why? Because man failed. Yeah. But every other covenant that's eternal that God's made was unilateral that he's kept. Yeah. Which is, think about Abraham. Abraham was asleep when God made that covenant with him. Yeah. He said, through your seed, eternal life's going to happen. You're right. going to own the, the nations. Yeah. You're going to own the world. The other one was David. I'm going to have somebody on your throne for all eternity. Yeah. He's going to be a king and a priest on your throne. Because David had gone and said, God, I want to do something for you. I want to build a big temple. Yeah. I want to do something for you. And God said, no, I'm not going to let you do it. But guess what? I'm going to build your household, yeah. and it's going to last forever. That's the way God works. It's all him. So every covenant and promise he's ever made, he made to himself. Yeah. It says, my, you know, Psalm 110, the most quoted psalm in all of the New Testament. The first verse says, I overheard my Lord say to to my Lord, Yahweh say to yeah. my Lord, Christ, sit here at my right hand until I make the, the earth your footstool. Yeah. And it was, it was God making a promise to himself. Yeah. And David got in on it just by believing it. Yeah. That's the same with Abraham. Right. Abraham got in on the eternal covenant with God by believing it. Yeah. That's the only way we get in on it. Now, we were all collectively forgiven in Jesus. That happened. Forgiveness is already an accomplished fact. Right. That's why I look, we have to pierce the glory, the ugly stuff about each other, and find the glory. Yeah. And the glory is the image of God that's still there in all of it that God reserves for himself. So, so what, what in was, the case of this So what person, was the reaction? The, the reaction was she didn't believe it. Yeah. She didn't believe it. She can't believe it. Yeah. Why? Because she's bought a lie. Yeah. So through continued time of just sharing with her, talking with her, sharing love with her in the bar. Yeah. We didn't do anything outside of there. That's yeah. where she, yeah. that's where she worked. So I went there yeah. hung out and right. spent time. She ends up giving her life to the Lord because I, I believe the gospel is the power of God to save. Yeah. And when the Holy Spirit works, the person of Jesus comes in. So you begin to pray felt needs. Yeah. Like the the helping her with her apartment, that was a felt need, but it was one I could also help meet yeah. as the hand of God. Uh, praying with her about her daughter, but she couldn't believe that message yeah. until Holy Spirit began to work and really reveal that to her that she that she's forgiven. Yeah, forgiveness has already happened. Yeah, no matter how many tricks you've you've done, no matter how many times you've sold your body, no matter how many drugs you've taken to try to hide the pain, no matter how many times you've forgotten who you are as a, as a person, as a daughter, as a wife, as a mother, no matter how many much of that you've forgotten, 
forgiveness has already happened. You're you're forgiven. So so she comes to the Lord. <clears throat> she comes to the Lord. And and now go to the na- next part. Do I have to stop? Yeah. Do I have to stop? Here's what I know when I answer that question. No, no, the the prostitute. She said, said this. At, do okay. I have to stop? Okay. I've got Jesus now, but does that mean? But because she had to support her child and all that sort of thing. So, <clears throat> do I, next question to you: Do I have to stop being a prostitute? Yes. Go ahead. My answer to her was: You can do this for as long as you're able. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Because you're walking with Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. So for as long as you're able to do it, continue to do it. Because I knew that we don't get right with God by following rules. Yeah. We we resent rules. Yeah. We get right with God in our heart. Right. And then God changes the heart. That's right. And the only one then I want to become, that I want to please at that point, this is the last few verses of Romans. Only person I care to please at any point after that is God. Right. I don't care what you think. Yeah. I don't care what somebody else thinks. If I've truly given my heart to God, I want to please him. Yeah. And so I, my answer to her with in full confidence is, do it as long as you're able. Again, um, back to Jim Woodruff, my favorite preacher. Um, another thing that I heard him teach, it was actually a question. that, I, And I was in the audience, and he, he asked this question at the end of his sermon. Can a mature believer who is in right standing with the Lord do anything they want to do? Answer is yes. That's right. <laughs> it is. It is. And, and, it is. and but, but 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 sort of like your thing, although much lower. Yes. When I heard him say that, it was immediately. Oh, wait a minute. Yes. Is that can that be true? Yeah. And and I now believe with all my heart it is. And yes. and his thing was, and and you can do your post-it note on this. His thing was. That if you do what's right, of course, that's fine. Mm-hmm. But if you sin, it's already been paid for. Yep. That's the mind blower. I'm, this is where people struggle. Yeah. Is because, well, then that gives me license to, to do what I'm saying. The, the, the Savior of your heart has come in and taken up residence. Yeah. And the longer and the more you listen to him, the one desire you're going to have is to be in harmony with him, yeah. to please him, to walk with him, be a best friends with him. And when that happens, I don't want to do things that are going to and, break that. Faith. And that reminds me of Paul in Romans when he's trying to get them to understand grace. And they're obviously having trouble wrapping their head around it, as, as I would too, yeah. and have, okay? Yeah. And, and that's what Paul says. Yeah. He says, no, it... it if you if you continue doing that, you don't really understand grace because grace changes what you want. Yes, it changes what you yeah. want. It, I, I, I've taught in psychology, Todd, about changing your have tos into want tos. Mm. The grace and love of God is, and the love of another person is the only thing I know that can do that, that can change your have-tos to want-tos. Yeah, Yeah, it's true. I mean, I remember, you know, when I got married, I was an absolute selfish SOB. I mean, I, I, gosh, I don't even know how my wife put up with me. (laughs) 
But now, and I'm, you know, selfishness is there. It's still there. Yeah. I'm not always yeah. perfectly, uh, I'm not. But more and more, I want what's going to bless her. Yeah. That's what I want. That's right. Because she's yeah. got my heart. And it's the same with God. I have one desire, and that's to make him happy. He's, I'm not trying to do it to, to win his favor. Yeah. Jesus did that. Yeah. There's only one opinion left in the universe, and that's God's opinion. Yeah. This is my opinion of you. Nobody can change it. Now, am I going to enter into the blessing of that? So right. this girl, I, yeah. she believed. After we pierced the glory and found the glory, she believed, repented, and gave her life to Christ. I'm going to tell you something happened. She, I don't know how long she continued to do some of the yeah. escorting. But another plan was germinated in her mind of what yeah. she was going to do. She had a little money saved up. Now, this is the wild part. She had a little money saved up. She took that money, got in her car, went to, oh, I can't say, because I don't want to reveal too much. She went to a Some city and recorded an LP. Oh. That LP was discovered by a well-known producer who then produced an album of all her own written stuff. You are kidding me. She's a, a, um, an award-winning artist. I See, I never knew any of that. Yeah. No, see, that, that that's come later. So oh, far. my goodness. And so and, 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 God and, and, provided and, another plan. Yeah, and thinking back to when you went into the bar and she was probably felt like her life was over. I mean, I, because of what I've done, my future is yeah. gone. Yeah. All right. And now she's an award-winning artist. Yeah. yeah. Really, because she really because she believed that there won't be one person in hell because of sin. Right. Her own view of herself was changed. Yeah. She was transformed into a daughter of God. You know. If, if there won't be a person in hell because of sin, <clears throat> that means me too, because I'm a person. Right? So she had to think, okay, well, that means me too, yeah. which means I'm not lost yeah. and going to hell, which means They're I'm okay. Understand. I'm okay. okay. And she, Where before she did not feel okay. Her redemptive nature took over. Right. In other words, she became a new creation. That's right. And because of that, there was a new plan, a new creativity, a new hope, a new purpose. My and she's found it. Okay, I want to I want to uh, bring up two scriptures and and then we'll close it out. And um, and to me, it's so much about identity and that that image that we have of who we are and who God is and and the connection there. And um, I'm looking at the board from last week. Um, uh, Acts 16 says, "If you believe in Jesus." you will be saved. Yeah. And, you know, that reminds us of the John 3.16 that we've seen in the end zone of every extra yeah. point in the last 50 years. Right. right. But, but, the the question I had for this group last week, and, and growing up, lust was my mm. big one. I mean, I had a lot of sin areas, but lust was king. And for me, and oh, it was a everyday thing, every day. Yeah. Okay. Um, but Todd, honestly, 
when I honestly search my heart and mind, lusting thousands of times probably from when I was a kid to, to today, and, and a lot of those in, in my high school and 20s, okay, I know that right in the middle of lusting, after I lusted, when Satan beat me over the head with guilt and shame, the whole time, if someone had asked me, okay, time out, time out, time out, Alex, right this second, while you're lusting, do you now not believe in Jesus? Mm -hmm. Well, of course not. That's ridiculous. Of course I still believe in Jesus. But wait a minute. The passage says if I believe in Jesus, I'm saved. So, I had a second part to that question. Okay. I bet you would have had a harder time answering this one. All right. If they had said, are you going to hell if you died right now? I would have said yes. Yeah. Right. Because that's, that's the way I was right. Exactly. And that's the next part of the revelation of God's grace that has to come to us. Is because, and this is where Romans 6, 7, 8 is so beautiful. Yeah. But Romans 6 is great. You're crucified with Christ. You were buried with Christ. You're risen with Christ. New life. Oops, all of a sudden, man, I'm still a screw-up. I'm still a knucklehead. Yeah. Romans yeah. 7, I'm still breaking the law. Everything I want to do, I don't do. What I don't want to do, that's what I end up doing. What's the solution? There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in right. Christ Jesus. That's right. That's yeah. the seal. Yeah, so so do, do you agree with that? That, that even in the middle of a sin, before sin, after sin, if you can honestly say, Jesus is my Lord and Savior, He's the Son of God, I'm still saved, right? You're, You're saved. still saved. You're saved. Okay, let's go one other place. <clears throat> and, and it's um, um, 2 Corinthians 5.21. And you told me right before the filming, this was a yeah. good passage for you. It says, God made Jesus to be, B-E, sin, so that we could be, B-E, the, right. the righteousness of God. And if you look up the Webster definition of be, it is identity. It's identity. I am. I am this. Yes. Put that on my forehead. Yes. Not liar. Right. That's not who I am. That was paid for. Yeah. Not luster. Yeah. Yet, that was paid for. That is not who I am. God doesn't even see that. 100%. Okay? What he sees, according to Scripture, is righteous. Mm -hmm. So, again, it appears whether before sin, during sin, after sin, a hundred sins, one sin, it doesn't matter. If, if I believe in Jesus and he's my Lord and Savior, my identity is saved. My identity is righteous, whether I sin or not. Yeah. And the only way to change who we are is by agreeing with our identity. In other words, I am righteous. Yeah. That is what delivers me from sin. That's right. It's not beating myself up about sin. That's right. That never helped anybody. It makes, well... <clears throat> the purpose of the old law was for the sin would increase, yes. not decrease. So sin would increase so that God's grace could that abound. abound. That's right. So now we're no longer under that rule of sin. 
that's an identity. That that's is, right. Everything's awful. I'm terrible. There's nothing. There's no hope for me. To now under the rule of grace, meaning I don't any longer identify with sin. Do I screw up? Yes. Yeah, me too. Every day. But I identify with the righteousness of God. Yeah. And it, there's, there's some very simple things that I've got to, that I get to acknowledge. Number one is in that same Second Corinthians 5. It said, Christ died for all. Yeah. Therefore, all, all died. Yeah. Meaning you're done away with. Yeah. Sin is canceled. Yeah. That's the continuous message all through the new covenant. That's right. And that's a covenant God made with himself. Meaning, it will not be broken. Why? Because he is able to keep his own promises. Right. You can't keep them, right. but he will, That's right. and he's going to do it in you. That's why the, the, the receiving of the Spirit is so vital. You see the end goal all through Scripture of the Gospel is so that you can receive the Spirit. Right. And the Spirit begins to talk with you more and more and have more room in your life, and you begin to identify with these truths. These truths. We know what happens when we identify with something, talking psychologically. Identify as something that's very bad and harmful for right. ourselves. It creates trauma and disruption and right. all, you know terrible things in our lives, and we get completely confused. Right. So that identification is the key. If I identify with what God says about me, number one primary, it will change our life. Okay, I want to end this in, with two things. If if you're okay now, I've not I've not asked Todd if he's okay with this, so you can say no. <laughs> okay. Um, the first one. I would ask you to look at the camera, look at my people, and tell them what you told the prostitute. Did you know mm. that? And then. If you're willing, in like just a sentence or two, tell them. First of all, first of all, to um, unbelievers. If an unbeliever's watching, I'd like you the first time to say it to them, and then give them a reason to consider that. You mind doing that? I'll do that. Go ahead. Okay. Um. Yes, the, the, the very question that Alex asked me to ask you is, did you know that not one person, not one person, and put your name in that blank. And I want to ask you, I want you to ask the Holy Spirit to speak to you now as I ask this question. Not, did you know, not one person will go to hell because of sin. Not one. And how can you know this? Because Jesus, who God presented, it wasn't, he didn't come to start a religion. He didn't come to give you another idea, something else to agree with. But God presented Jesus as a sacrifice, perfect sacrifice, to take the penalty for everything sin had produced in creation. And in your life. In your life. Exactly. We, we, that's exactly what I was going to say. In your life, in my life, Jesus took the penalty of what sin produces, which is death, destruction, hell, trauma, hate, anger. Think of all the, the things in life that come from unresolved anger. Mm. Unresolved anger. 
you're angry about something and it produces bitterness and all that. Jesus took that away. I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to speak to you now that you would know in your heart of hearts, in the middle, in the very core of your being, you will not spend one minute in hell because of your sin. Not one minute. Because Jesus was presented by God as the sacrifice for that very thing. And God doesn't want you as a slave. He wants you as a family member, yep. a daughter or son. Okay, now, can you speak to believers in my group and tell them, even in spite of their sin and the guilt and shame they feel from their sin, which is what I hear from them every day, all day, <laughs> how that's a lie. It's not true. I, I, I would I would say this, that God gave us his Holy Spirit to convict us of sin. In other yes. words, this is where you're off, but it's not to smash us and make us feel guilty. No, it's to show us I've got a better way. You know, the, the definition of sin is... Here's the, here's the right way to tie your shoes. Yeah, the definition yeah. of sin is to miss the mark. You know, if I'm if I'm shooting an arrow, and I want to hit a target. I can't shoot this way if the target's over here. And the whole word repent means change your mind. That's what, that's what the Holy Spirit's trying to do right today. Yeah. In our life is change your mind about what God is like. Yeah. God is not up there with a mighty Holy Spirit hammer saying, oh, you blew it. Pow! That's not what God's yeah. doing. Which is which is the way we were raised. That's much. the way we were raised, and that is that is what religion fosters. That's all it can do. Yep. That's all religion of any kind, Christian, Islam, doesn't matter. Yep. Hindu, whatever. Religion can only do this, produce guilt, because you will never, ever, ever live up to it. I remember a couple of missionaries came knocking on my door and they were going all around their neighborhood. And they sat down. They were about to give me their message. I said, can I ask you one little one little question? Can you answer this for me? And they, I said, how do I get to heaven? Mm. And they said, well, you can do this and you can do that. You can pray this way. You can do it. I said, that's all really bad news. Is that what you're telling everybody in my neighborhood? Yeah. That's really bad news. You know why? Because I'll never do that. I can't perfectly. do it right. I can't do it. I'm a loser already just from the beginning. Yeah. So... The good news is, and it, you have confessed your faith in Jesus. That's what Romans says. If you believe in your heart that Jesus Christ has been raised from the dead, you confess with your mouth that he is the Lord. You are saved. He has taken you. And here's something that happened. God did this without you having one single thing to do about it. Right. God did this. He didn't even consult with you. He didn't ask your can I do this? Can we, will it's you like let your parents me do this? at Christmas. He's not begging you for anything. He did it. He says, I put you in Christ, and then Christ has now become your righteousness. I put you in Christ without you even having a single flipping thing to do about it. So your sin can't change that. Your sin can't change that. My sin can't change that. That's an already done deal, sealed deal. The way we receive the benefit of it and the goodness of it in our life is by continuing to believe it and confess it and make that our identity. I become what I believe. 
And Todd, if you're if you are a believer in right standing with God, guilt and and condemnation is the lie. Is a lie. What percentage of the time? A hundred percent. That's right. So the point in that is you're not the one percent exception, which is how I felt for years. It, that may be true for Todd. That may be true for all these other people. But I'm the worst sinner I know. I don't think it's true for me. Yes. It's that you, there's not one percent yeah. exception. Yeah. There's no exception. None. It applies to you and your sin. One hundred percent. All right, Todd. This has been better than I hoped, and I think I think maybe that's why it's been so long. I've enjoyed it. It's God's timing. Um, but thank you so much. I love you. I'd love to do this again if you're willing. Yeah. Uh, maybe another topic. Um, yeah. I, I I feel like we had some good uh, rapport. Yeah. Um. So thank you. Uh, thank you. Thank you. And um, remember. Your identity, you are the righteousness of Christ. That's your identity. If you're, if you're thinking your identity is anything else, your sin, your business, your money, your house, your clothes, the way you look when you see, no, it's the righteousness of Christ. That is your identity. Thank you so very much. Have a wonderful, blessed day.